Okay, um, this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group, and today is Friday, June 3rd, 2022, and we're discussing a historical novel called The Nature of Fragile Things by Susan Meissner, and um, what I'll do is what we usually do is I'll give you a little bit of information about the author, and then I have a list of hopefully most of the major characters, and then I'll just call in everybody one by one. Um, you can tell us what you thought about the book. And then, um, you know, and then after everybody has a chance to talk, then, um, you know, we'll open up for general discussion. Um, okay, so why don't we get started? Um, so surprisingly, Susan Meissner has written a lot of books, and I thought there would be just a ton of information about her, but <laughs> I didn't find too much, so I'll share what what I found. Um, she was born in 1961 in San Diego, and she attended um, uh, Point Loma Nazarene University, which I have to say I, I've actually never heard of before, but I'm, I'm assuming it's in California. Um, her husband was in the Air Force, and they lived in England and Germany. And they also lived in Minnesota, where she worked as an editor for a weekly newspaper. And her husband is now a pastor, and they live in San Diego, and they have four children. Um, so the book that we read for tonight, which is The Nature of Fragile Things, was published in February 2021. So it's a fairly recent book. Um, it received a star review from Publishers Weekly. And um, in the part of the review, they, they called it ingeniously plotted and perfectly structured, this captivating, this captivates from beginning to end. So for me, it did actually captivate from beginning to end, but we'll see what you all thought about what the book. Um, I'm going to just go over the characters. Um, hopefully I have most or all of the major ones. Um, so of course there was Sophie and her, her husband, uh, Martin. And of course, there was uh, Catherine or Cat, you know, the little girl. And then there was Belinda, who was apparently also married to Martin, and Candace, who was Martin's first wife. And then there was Mrs. Lewis, uh, who took care of Cat before Sophie came. And there was Libby and her son Tom, who were the, were neighbors. There was a federal marshal Ambrose Logan, who was voiced by a different narrator. And then there was Elliot, who was uh, Belinda's, you know, friends, and then her 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 boyfriend and husband. Um, so those are most of the main characters. I hope I've I've remembered most of them. So we have let's see, we have twelve participants, and as I said, I'll just call on people one by one. So because I know you like the book, Sherry, I'm going to start with you because I always like to start with a positive person. And I know for sure you like the book. So I'm going to ask you what you thought of it. Okay. Well, I love this book. I thought it was just awesome. I thought the female friendships were just so moving and important. And there was tension in the book because you didn't know if the husband lived or not. You kind of thought he probably would, but would he come back and hurt them or try to hurt them? Um, I thought the scene at the hospital where Belinda gave birth and all the other women were co kind of coaching her and telling her how to breastfeed and different things. That was just so awesome. And I know the one part where um, Sophie is staying with Belinda and Elliot at their 
I don't know, little resort or vacation place. And she was going to go back to San Francisco and Elliot was saying he'd go with her. I'm like, go take him, take him. And she, of course, wouldn't. I, I, that, I was, that was just screaming at the cell. You know, she needed to take him with her because something bad was going to happen. But luckily it didn't. And it was nice to see the things with the police work out and that he actually believed her. And I thought the ending was really good, too. You got to see Kat. You know, she came out okay, and she got to see her father convicted, and it's good to see that he did get convicted and sent away like he deserved. So I thought it was really good. I, I have been meaning to go out and look for more of her books, but I haven't. I keep forgetting to do it. Well, when they I'm are on board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, this is the first book of hers that I've ever read, but I know she's written just a ton of them, and I agree with you about the ending. I loved the ending i thought what a perfect end i mean you just knew he was still alive you just knew it and but you know to finally have him at least get a little bit of punishment was was very rewarding um okay um so ladon i i've heard you talk about historical novels sometimes you like them sometimes you don't like them so i'm curious what what did you think about this book well this was a family drama book and that is my favorite genre you have families with uh, strong characters and so I really enjoyed this book I thought actually it was the best one I've read this year it was so good that I convinced my wife to read it I thought there's something wrong with that guy but, you know, uh, at the start, you wonder, what, what is wrong with him? And then I thought Cat was maybe been kidnapped and, and he had gotten her some way. And I thought also that the questionnaires with the alternate reader added drama to the book. Well, I come in with a questioning, and she sure seems to be in a world of trouble, you know, and you wonder, what what is that all about? And then afterwards, the, the author said that she had done quite a lot of uh, research on the 1906 earthquake, and I have read nonfiction books about that, and I agreed with her that all, all the incidents that she had in her book was very, very believable. So I gave this book A, maybe even an A plus in my book, in my estimation. It was very, very good. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to hear you say that. I agree with you about um, Jason Culp, who was the male narrator. I thought he wasn't in the story very much, but he was so effective because it really sounded very good. Like she sounded like she was really being questioned. And, um, and, and that was, was really good too. Um, and the stuff about the earthquake, I had read some reviews about this book and some people had criticized. They thought that the section about the San Francisco earthquake went on too long, but I did not. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just perfect because there were so many interesting details about how they mm -hmm. were sleeping in the park and there was, you know, the lines for food. And for me, it was very interesting because there was that bulletin board where people were leaving notes for each other. And um, it reminded me very much of 9-11 because it was the same thing. There were um, 
notes everywhere, all over New York City, you know, with pictures of people and, you know, telephone numbers, if you see this person call. And I thought all all those years later, you know, they're still doing the same thing. They have notes up on on a board, you know, trying to contact people. So I thought it was great, actually. But um, okay, Um, let me check the list here. Um, okay. So, so Jana, I remember you saying last time you had read this book a while ago. So I don't know if you, if you remember it, if you're like me and and you forget like five seconds after you finish the book, but do you, do you, what did you think about this story? I liked this book. I, I hadn't read this a while ago. I had read another Susan Meisner book, but that's, that's okay. I did read this and it was great. And uh, it has all the things I like, suspense, historical fiction. You knew something was wrong with the guy the minute she got off the train because he was so aloof and the and Kat was so traumatized. So you were just wondering from the beginning, okay, what's wrong here? And um, I don't have a whole lot to add. I did like the the... I love the friendships that the the girls in the the book um, developed and how they hung into the very end. And um, also, um, oh my goodness, if if, if LaDawn gives it an A plus, my goodness, that's really saying something. But (laughs) but, but anyway, um, and also if, if you liked this book, I would also recommend another one of hers called As Bright as Heaven. It was terrific Uh as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard about that one too. Actually, that sounds like a good recommendation. Yeah, yeah it was really good, and and I liked the history part of it too. The way they described the earthquake and the fires that that it caused, and the chaos getting out of the city. That was an interesting description of that as well. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I I, I really like stories about found family. I always find them really interesting, and that what sort of reminded me, you know, their very strong friendship, as as you mentioned and Sherry mentioned too. Um, it, it felt like they sort of became a little family together. Um, okay, let's see. Um, Sally, um, what what did you think about this book? I really enjoyed this book. Oh, good. Um, I had about half of it to read as of yesterday, and oh. <laughs> at one twenty this morning, I finished it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, yeah. um, I really liked the characters. I thought it was very well researched, and the plot was excellent. Um, I, I, the part that really, really right. got me was the ending um, about her identity. I had no idea that that was going to be what happened. I, you know, you knew there was something in her background, but you know, the the thing about her sister's um, identity yeah. and hers, it it just mirrored what her husband was doing to some respects, and that was that was interesting. What I also thought was it really showed how not only she, but a lot of women were really trapped into marriages at that point. You know, she had she had no money except what her husband gave her. Um, she didn't ask questions. Um, she couldn't go anywhere, even if she found out that he was a till of the Hun. I mean, she was she was caught between a rock and a hard place. But I think she was very resilient, and I I liked the policeman, the detective. Um, I think there are a lot of different 
sorts of justice in the world. And mm-hmm. I think this one, this, this one was very good. But yeah. I, I've read others by her. Um, I can't think of the one. It was about a, a wedding dress or a sister, sisters who one was a dress designer during the war in England. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought a really good sense of history. I just can't remember the name. Yeah, she's written just a ton of books. Yeah, yeah, you're right about the marriage in um, in Ireland. There were a lot of twists in the story. There, were, you know, it went in different places that I wasn't anticipating, and that was some place that I guess when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you yeah, know, that makes sense. But I just I I didn't even anticipate that one. Um, well, you didn't okay. have enough information really to everything yeah. fell into place. That's true. Um, I don't know, Joni, are you still eating or do you want me to call on you later or let's see, are you muted? Oh, oh, Joni. Um, I've been muting and muting, muting and unmuting myself. Do you want me to call you at the end or do you want to talk now? What's um, better? You can talk. You can have other people speak and then because oh, I'm going to go back to my room. Okay. Well, I, I heard your voice, David, and I know you're a big historical fiction person. So okay, why, why don't go. you tell us what you thought? I, yeah. was, I was rapidly taking some notes while you people were talking. I didn't like the book as much as some of you did. I would give it about a 3.5 out of 5. You know how Goodreads does the 1 to 5 scale. It's not a bad book, but it was much darker than the uh, Bard annotation led me to believe with with its hints of polygamy and murder and um you know the the drawn out tuberculosis scenes that i found um a bit disconcerting i will wonder i also wondered do you think the female narrator was irish or was she just doing that accent i found it a tiny bit distracting though i do feel it wasn't a bad call because of course the girl sophie and we learned who she really was by the novel's end um was from northern ireland so i'm wondering did anyone did did they pick up do they think that the that accent was something that an American actress was doing, or do you think this woman was possibly Irish? I couldn't tell. It's a good question. I think I mean, she was Irish. I, okay. Actually, I think she was uh, Australian. Oh, Australian. Okay. I mean, that's just because you know, for it, it, she just sound like an Aussie to me. Okay, I was just wondering. I'll be curious. I have a couple of books that I hadn't realized. I have by Meisner. One is set in Florence of to, the Florence, Italy of today. And I'll be curious to read at least one more to see if her books always have this sort of dark, edgy quality to them. Mm-hmm. You know, that may be her hallmark. The last thing I wanted to comment on was, wait, just a moment. There were two more things. One, if anybody's interested in a nonfiction account of the San Francisco earthquake, Bard should have the book A Crack in the Edge of the World by Simon Winchester, which talks about yeah. the earthquake which mm-hmm. sounds like the 9-11 of the, you know, of its time. I mean, these people were. I actually uh, thought it sounded, it sounded worse than 9-11. In a way. <laughs> I mean, they were picking up yeah. marble and pieces with horse-drawn wagons. Um, the well, last thing. It, it affected the whole city. You know, 9-11 affected a certain portion of New York City. And you could smell. Right. But this wiped out a this, big this, chunk. This wiped out everything. Yeah, they, they actually they actually were given the police authority to shoot to kill yes. any eluders during that time. Yeah, my that was last, interesting. 
The last bit, I thought I had caught her on something that I thought was historically inaccurate. In the 1906, when Sophie is in the police station being interviewed by the detective, there is a stenographer typing away on a machine. And I thought, surely those could not have been developed that early. But when I checked the website, they said that year they had first come out. So this author really did her research that, that early machines Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she, to me, she seemed like she did a lot of research. I mean, there is obviously there's a lot of information about the, the 1906 earthquake, but she seemed like she did a lot of research and she incorporated a lot into the story. Um, and that was only part of the story because <laughs> there were many other settings in this story. It really went all over the place. Um, OK, um, Marcia, what, why don't you tell us what, what you thought about the book? I really enjoyed this book. In fact, I finished it about 20 minutes before oh, no. we got started, <laughs> but I really liked it. And, uh, you know, you just never, well, it, it's so kind of, it's kind of ironic that neither Sophie nor Martin were who they were. Well, Martin had many pers- uh, personas, but uh, it was, it was kind of a shock to me that Sophie wasn't Sophie. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, when when she came back to the city to find the, the house and everything, of course, it was in total ruin. Um, but uh, and then and then her neighbor, Libby, from across the street, you know, came over and and I just kept wanting to tell her when they got to the police station and she was talking. They were talking to the one first officer. I just wanted to say, Libby, would you just shut up? I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're digging a hole here. Exactly. <laughs> But I, I really enjoyed the book. I may check out some more of Susan Meisner's work. And um, and I, I guess that's about all I have to add. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I agree with most everybody else that I, I would give it a definite A. Yeah, I, I felt exactly the same way about Libby. I was like, Libby, please stop talking. Yeah. You, don't, <laughs> you don't know who man really is. Uh, he was such an interesting character because he was so despicable. And I kept she wondering was. where, where did all this despicable nature come from? Like that, that was the one thing I really, I guess I wanted a little bit of more explanation, but I, I don't know. Some people, I guess are born this way. Who, who knows? Um, Nosy neighbor. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so um, Shelly, I think you're 716. Do I yeah. have that I am. Hi, everyone. Michelle, Hi. before I, I have a few, I have a few things to comment on actually. Um, but sure. before I do, I just want to let you know, I've got to leave the meeting about 845. I actually have a ride coming to pick me up at nine. Sure. I hope that's no okay. I feel bad about it, but no, it's um, okay. We're, we're happy okay. that you're here. Okay. All right. So first of all, I usually don't read um, historical fiction. And when we were talking about this book at the last discussion, it really, kind of got me. So I said, you know, I'll check it out. And another reason why I read this when I saw that it was a um, a book about the San Francisco earthquake, I've got a, a, well, a pen pal friend who actually lives out there. And I was actually talking to her about the book and she actually read the book after I did and really enjoyed it. She didn't know about it. Um, I thought it was well done. I really liked, I really enjoyed the whole story. Um, I didn't like though, um, which was kind of strange. Um, they said that the Jason guy was the main reader, but I really think that Byrd 
should have put Alana, whatever her last name was, as the main reader because she yes. did like 90% of the story. Um, so that was yeah. a little bit disheartening um, at first. But for the most, what I was thinking too, um, I kind of had a feeling there was something going on in the beginning um, with Sophie. I didn't know that she was her sister, um, you know, until the end, like we all knew. But I, I had a feeling something was going on because as she said throughout the book, you know, she wanted to get out of New York. And when she found this ad, it intrigued her and it was her way out. And I had a feeling that something was really going on. We didn't know what it was, as you know, until the end. Um, but I knew something wasn't right, that for someone to marry somebody you don't know, um, I guess they did that a lot during those days in the 1900s, early 1900s. Um, I really don't know. But I just I felt that something was odd with her. Um, and Martin, I knew something was off with him. He just didn't seem right. Um, like in, in the beginning, when he um, wanted to marry her, or when he put this ad out, um, for to have a child involved is one thing. Um, you know, Kat didn't really talk. And when they got married at the courthouse, uh, you know, I really thought it was kind of neat how Kat finally opened up to her. And it just was, it was strange because the the mother, he told everybody that the mother was dead. And then Candy, Candace came into the picture and like um, David or somebody said she had tuberculosis. I, I, that was a little bit disconcerting too. I thought they brought that on a little bit too long. Um, I was hoping they would let the mother live, you know, in the book, but you know, it just goes to show you that Sophie was the one. I thought the mother had a lot of courage by letting Sophie, who is kind of a stranger to this woman, take over her child. I really thought that was a big move. And and she did the right thing, I think, because um, Kat really was attached to Sophie for that year and a half they lived together. Um, and I said it was really cute, like everyone else said, with when Belinda came into the picture, um, I knew something was even more wrong with, with Martin then. And, um, you know, as the book went on, it got into the different criminal activities that he was doing. And, you know, just the women that he's hurt by all of this. And I, I gave Kat a lot of props for not killing him, but like coming forward and throwing him down the stairs because we don't know what he would have done to Belinda or to Sophie for that matter. Um, so I, I think it was, you know, I was kind of glad that she, the little girl kind of pushed him down the stairs because, you know, not to be dark, but he kind of deserved it um, after what he, you know, put them all through. And, um, in the, the book was dark, but I really didn't, you know, I didn't mind that because I read a lot of um, psychological fiction and, uh, you know, crime fiction, stuff like that. So that really didn't bother me. But uh, I really, I also thought it was very educational. I liked the detective as well, as everyone else said. I thought he did a really good job. And it, what really got to me, too, is at the very end, when you really found out about Sophie and um what happened to her, her sister dying and drowning her. I think she was drowned or something. I read it a couple of weeks ago, so I don't remember, but I think she drowned and then, um, it was really sick or something. And then how her husband, like her husband was going to kill her. He kept beating her. And I, I thought that was very incredulous of her to do what she did by hitting him with a food pan in the head, you know, mm-hmm. and letting, letting that, that takes a lot of guts to do that. I don't know if any normal person could ever do something like that. Um, by letting him just go into the water like that. But, you know, like Martin, he kind of deserved what what came to him, not to be mean or anything. Um, but I liked at the end how 
at the very end when, because I thought Martin had died in the earthquake. And as the book went on, my mind kind of changed. I'm thinking he's got to be alive because what, you know, I, I was on the fence because I didn't know how he was going to get out of the house because he was on the ground. And then <laughs> the house kind of was in shambles. So I was kind of, you know, back and forth. Is he alive or is he dead? But then at the very end, you knew he was alive. And what really kind of um, softened me up about it was when Kat was at the trial and he got found guilty. He saw her. He called her kitty cat. And she showed him her ring and told him what love really was because he didn't love her or his child either. So that really, um, you know, kind of gave me, you know, um, like made my heart, you know, feel good about it, you know. But I, yeah. I really, in all, I thought it was an excellent book, excellent read. Oh, good. Yeah, it's it's so interesting that you and David both used the word dark, and I guess it is kind of a dark book. When I was reading it, I was, I, I guess I didn't put it together, but there was a really a lot of, a lot of dark events in this book. And I think, I you know, like- I'm kind of glad it was. I, I'm glad there mm-hmm. was a mystery because I think, you know, hearing about the earthquake is one thing. You're, you're getting a whole view of it. Um, mm-hmm which is disastrous as it is, but to have a storyline behind it, I think it brought the book up because I think it would have been, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been like a four for me. I would have been probably a two or a three if they just left right. it, you know, at the earthquake. I would have been, I would have gotten, you know, I would have read it, but I would have gotten very bored. <laughs> I like a good mystery, you know, good, you know, yeah. look, figure out what's going on. Well, I, I will also say that for me, I was I was always worried about Kat, and I, I agree with you. I think that it was it was a big move of of her mom, Candace, to to allow her to stay with Sophie. We knew as readers that she should stay with Sophie, but I just thought, oh my right. God, this poor girl, she's going to get uprooted from one situation to another situation. Then she's going to go to Texas to this. It was it was a lot. Um, okay, well, like um, you said so- before too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if she was kidnapped either. You know, it made you think that right. maybe she wasn't his kid either, too. So That's true. You're right. Okay, Alan. Well, I know you like strong female characters. So I'm I'm curious if you think that these were strong female characters and what, what you thought about the book. Uh, yeah, I, I, I very much enjoyed the book. I, I, I thought I thought it was was very good. And I I mean, it, it, it was obvious that that, that Sophie was uh, a, a a good person. I mean, I mean, I obviously at the end we found out that she had been through. Uh, uh, I mean, she hinted at some of this stuff early on, but you, you, you didn't know what she had had to deal with. But it 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 was obvious to me that 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 she was a good person and she was inter- She wanted to take care of cat and, and and she and she did and then she uh uh I, I i i just thought it was excellent i mean i i didn't worry about whether the woman doing her voice was really irish or not i thought she did a good job with the narration and uh uh i i i, I like you said i really like strong women characters and and sophie uh, filled the bill, and uh, and uh, she, she she took care of business and got things done. And uh, I, I just I, I thought it was a good. I mean, I thought they did a good job weaving in the, the San Francisco earthquake and and then and, and the history and stuff, and and telling a good story around it all. So, 
I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was a great read. And, uh, I mean, I finished it. <laughs> I'm glad y'all refreshed my memory as you went through it and stuff. Cause I, I had forgotten a lot of the, the mm-hmm. names and stuff, but, but yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think the people that needed to have stuff done did get stuff done to them and stuff. And, and, and I, I, I just, I thought Sophie was, was great. So uh, thanks yeah. for rec- thanks for recommending. I, I oh. thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I, I hadn't I hadn't read the book before I before I selected it. So I'm glad it turned. Yeah. I, I love it actually. I read it in yeah. the day, which is like lickety split fast for me. Um, right. Although, yeah. um, well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. So I'm thank here you. Here, if you want to go now. Yeah. Uh, all right, Joni, go go ahead. Uh, why don't Why don't you tell us what you thought about this story? Well, I absolutely loved this book. And the name is so, Susan Meisner's name is so familiar to me, but I don't know what I read by her before or if I even did read anything. But anyway, I love Little Cat. Oh, I just, and and the way she was able to trust Sophie finally and, um, and the thing with um, Candace, with the TB, TB was so awful, and there was really no cure except fresh air. Because I was, I was listening to something else today, and um, this gentleman was talking about the fact that he had had it in the '30s, and I remember as I was growing up how. They were trying to find a cure, and they couldn't find, um, they they just didn't know what to do. And I think finally they found streptomycin, it was one of the mycins anyway, and that finally um, helped cure the people that had TB. Also, since this was 1905-1906, um, there were st- there were telephones, and of course, the telephone was invented in 1876. So a lot of people did get them. So it was it was good that they were able to at certain times um, find telephones to use, and they did in those days. I guess they sent a lot of telegrams. Um, but I I just. I thought the whole thing was so, I mean, I sort of laughed and mostly cried through it. So good. And um, I also, I, I thought that the um, woman reader should have gotten credit, but she really yes. didn't. Yeah, and they said that, I'm trying that, to remember her name because I, I, I had never heard of her before. And, I think it's um, Alana Keir Collins. I think Alana Keir Collins. I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm gonna look her up after this and just see if she's where she's from. Is she Irish? Where is she? Australian? Is she American? I'm curious now because I, I had never heard of her. But thank, thank you so much, Joni. Um, Liz, um, how, how what what did you think of the book? Um, well, like I, 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 I
start to finish. You're 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 extreme. You're very very faint, Liz. You you're very. I don't know if you realize you're really faint. Hold on, just one second. Okay, take your time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's my hearing, but I, I think you're <laughs> no, okay. you're right. Yeah. yeah, I can't How's hear this? either. Oh, now now we can hear you. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. But, yeah, better. I just took the Bluetooth out. Is all. Ah, okay. Always a good idea. Okay. Need to be quiet. Um, I love the book. I thought it was captivating from start to finish. Um, I think. You know, the, the beauty of the friendship between Sophie, Belinda, and and um, Candace was just amazing that they could come together in their horror about what they'd all been through by this same guy. Um, and that, that Candace was able to see that Kat and uh, Sophie really did belong together and that she knew she couldn't raise her, so she wanted her daughter to be happy. Um, I, I was really happy about that. I was really happy when the uh, field marshal, after hearing everything that she had been through, um, decided not, you know, not to pursue any kind of, you know, <laughs> it's like, like mm-hmm. okay, we'll, we'll just presume he died in the uh, earthquake and let it go. The only thing that I wish there would have been a little bit more, I wish there would have been only like a sentence or two or a paragraph or two talking just about how Martin did get out of the house, Mm -hmm. you know, not a lot. Um, I mean, I wouldn't want to, you know, do that just because it just seems so abrupt. There was absolutely Mm. no. Yeah. You know, I mean, I really thought he had died. Um, I didn't, I didn't have that sense of, Oh, he's got to be alive. I did not have that sense at all through the book. Um, so to find at the end that he's just alive and in trial, well, well, how did he get, I mean, some, something to transition to that, I think would have been nice, <laughs> but that was my only criticism of right. the book, but overall, I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I think that, I think that's a good point. And I would like to also know how he survived as well, but I, I don't know where we would have inserted it in the story because he just appeared at the end at the trial. Well, I, would it, I would have just put it in the epilogue actually. Mm-hmm. Right. At the beginning of the epilogue, you know, or just something to transition them in the court, you know. Right. He was so wily and so nasty and so, Mm. um, such a sociopath that he would do anything to get out and try to get what he wanted. But you you did wonder how. Kind of a nasty man. He seemed very. Well, anyway, um, Deanna, um, what, why don't you tell us what you thought about the story? Um, I thought it was well-crafted. Um, you, there were a lot of things going on, and I think Martin was a sociopath, and they're very good at reading people. Like, um, when Sophie was trying to find out, figure out why he married her, because he could have just hired a nanny. You know, it wasn't like he was broke or anything. Right. Um, so why did he involve her? And she just, you know, he just looked at her and, and she said, well, how could you, how could you choose me? Why did you choose me? Mm-hmm. And he s- said that um, 
she was running away from something. So that was the key there. He was looking for somebody that he could control out of fear. Because if she was running from something, then she wouldn't run from him. Even though he pretty much neglected her, you know, installed her and treated her like a housekeeper and and nursemaid for his daughter. And, um, you know, because she was sort of falling in love with him, even though he didn't put out much effort. No, he did not. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Sophie was a loving heart and she wanted to be a good mother to Kat. And she, you know, not being able to have children um, was kind of eating her up. And she really wanted to be, provide a proper home and do everything to make both her husband and her child happy. So, you know, the, the fact that, that she did everything she could think of to make him have a happy home, but it was obvious that he could care less about her. And then, of course, when she found out he could care less because he had the sweet Belinda, whom she thought of as prettier and nicer and, you know, but again, Belinda's, you know, um, he set out to win Belinda, but not because of Belinda, because he wanted control of the gold mine. Just like he wanted control of the ranch by marrying the woman that was before Candace. The first woman that he probably killed. Right. The Colorado ranch girl. Mm-hmm. Right. Don, Don, I think, was it Donna or something like that? Anyway, so he had a history of manipulating women for his own wishes. And that was just his true colors all the way through. Yeah, he he was a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) He was a pretty despicable character, definitely. He probably got somebody to help him get out of the house. Or he got out of the house far enough that somebody thought he was injured because of the of the um, earthquake that something had right. fallen on him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes books do that; they don't tie it all up in a neat bow. They kind of go to the epilogue and just let you wonder about it. Just like some movies end with the villain crawling away or the demon sliding away, and you know it's coming back somewhere else. And Libby, she was such a, oh, oh I was ready to just kill gonna, her. Just, oh, okay. she was oh, terrible. Dan, oh. Dan, and did you, are you finished? Do you have yeah, any? I just, okay. you know, I, would, I would agree that Libby was a, um, she was a socialite and she thought of Sophie as, oh, that poor little Irish, you know, ignorant girl. Right. And, and she was being Lady Bountiful. You know, but it yeah. was, yeah. And Sophie was intelligent enough to recognize yeah. it'd be frustrated because she wanted a friend, not a not right. somebody who was going to do things for her to make herself feel great. She had her father's word book. I like that touch, by the way, the word so, book from the father. I, I'm just going to, um, Jenny, Jenny um, do you, I'm, I'm sorry, would you like to tell us what you thought about the book? Yes, yes, I don't, I agree with everything that has been said. I really uh, liked the book very much. Um, 
I thought that um, the character, I love suspense books, and sometimes suspense books are, you know, a lot of action and they don't have some of the deep, meaningful um, themes and relationships we had here. Um, I thought um, about um, the title of the book, The Nature of Fragile Things, and, you know, how fragile we all are um, and how fragile, um, you know, Sophie was in her marriage where she got, you know, assaulted and the poverty that was there. And then um, she had a very level head about her, able to cope with all these things. And then, um, you know, tuberculosis, there's, you know, the earthquake, all these disruptive things. And, uh, you know, I thought the book was um, depressing in parts. The tones were kind of dark. Um, you know, you the murders, and you wondered what was going to happen next. Um, the betrayals, and I thought, I, and then there was a sense of dread in the book with the um, policemen, you know, coming to, and you didn't really know what was going to happen there. So it was great in that she had suspense, and um, I thought about. The whole situation of um, the nature of fragile things, and then the way that um, people did come together in the force of all these things that could weaken them and make them fragile, they became strong. You know, with with the bonding of the women, uh, the good women, uh, the um, you know just the solidarity of the women was really beautiful to see. And you know, I was interested to hear Michelle when you said that her. Um, her uh, husband was a pastor, and I thought that, yeah, one of the overriding themes of was love, I thought, and exploring different dimensions of that in the face of some very dark forces that unfortunately are in the world and which can make us fragile. And um, that's all I have to say right now. I really enjoyed the book, and um, I forgot my memory is not what it used to be. I know that Sophie, I believe Sophie got married in the end, but I can't remember the details of that. That was the question I had, too. I was going to say one more thing before I leave. It didn't really say in the end, it said Kat got married and had a baby, but it didn't say anything about Belinda, Sophie, or the little girl, Sarah, which Sarah would have been like 20. Okay. Right, yeah. Belinda married Elliot. Right, exactly. Oh, right. Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about Sophie though. It didn't really say about her. No. I thought it was yeah. I can't but remember. Okay. She had a home back on Belinda's property because they built the cottage for her and Kat. Right. So she had friends and she had a home. Um and a home was what she wanted and a child was what she wanted. So now she had a child and a grandchild. You know, so yeah. actually, I, I think Sophie would have been content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, at the very end in the trial, it said when when Kat was at the trial, her mother got married at when she was 12. That would have been Sophie got mm-hmm. married when she was 12 to someone who she considered to be her father. Oh, oh, oh I missed that. I, I missed didn't that remember either. that either. <laughs> yeah. That was it was probably thought. just a one-line yeah. thing to me. <laughs> it, it was. Okay, it was. so I was not completely wacky then. I knew yeah. I thought <laughs> But they didn't spell out who it was. No, no I was no, kind of, I I was kind of yeah. thinking that the, the field, that, that the marshal was was um, kind of intrigued with Sophie, but it didn't, you know, it didn't indicate mm-hmm. that he was going to follow up on it. Just that 
that he admired her. That would have been pretty contrived. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he respected her and admired her. Yeah, he seemed to me unusually um, willing to bend the law for somebody who's in law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) I I really liked him as a character, and I think he did the right thing. But I wasn't convinced that he was... Already just figured out that that Martin was a social sociopath and yeah. liked to change his names and prey on women, and I think that it indicated that he had lost a wife that he loved. Yes, and so I think he felt protective of women and was angered at somebody that would put women through the things that Martin. Right. He, he certainly really understood Martin really well. I, I was pretty amazed at, I, I, I'm sorry, um, I, I forgot who mentioned it, but just the idea of being a male order bride. It, it's, it's pretty, I mean, when you think about it, it's, it's like, it's, it's very, it's adventurous and it's very risky because you're really yeah. just a total strain, even if you correspond with each other or whatever, it is really, you know, I don't know how, how similar it is now to like meeting somebody online. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has. Yeah, any kind of I, that, I would say. I have a friend who talked with her husband just a couple times and they co- corresponded a bit, but she never had, she had never met him before she went to marry him. And they've been together for 25 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting yeah it's not the normal thing but it is it does happen but i think the mail order brides was something big back when the the west was being settled you know back when it was truly a frontier and they well, really needed it was actually happening even now because when i was living in oregon which okay i'll admit that was 30 years ago um there was an older gentleman that um came to teach um, rope, making a, a lead rope and, and braiding rope and stuff to the 4-H class. And he had a little girl with him that was Chinese. And he was wanting to put her in the 4-H club. And he had married a woman from China with a daughter. And the 4-H leader acted really bizarre after that. She was highly suspicious of males anyway. Because one boy tried to join the group and um, she got really snippy with him whenever he talked to any of the girls. And he was just a nice kid. And he was the only boy. So who was he supposed to talk to? You know, the llama? (laughs) And so um, Uh, he dropped. She was so suspicious of the fact that this man had married a Chinese woman with a young girl and brought them to the United States. I think he was just a man that that wanted to get married and he wanted a family. So corresponding with a woman from China who had a 10-year-old daughter, um, you know, because I never picked up any weird vibes from him. I just thought the 4-H leader was nuts. I thought that perhaps her being a male honor blind, which we think is very unusual, uh, but it, might be kind of like societies where the father picks your mate, whether you're mm-hmm. male or female, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your marriages are arranged. And I know times in the past, uh, people did get married when they first met as mm-hmm. children. 
you know, so I guess it was isn't too far from. Well, I had a, a good friend I worked with that was from Pakistan. Michelle, and one second. I, I hate to be rude. I got to run, okay? Yes. Thank you so much for the recommendation, and we'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. But he was from Pakistan and he was in an arranged marriage and we were talking about it. And he said he thought it was odd that Americans always thought that just because they were in love, everything would magically be happy. And he Mm -hmm. said, when you're in an arranged marriage, you know, going in that you're going to have to work at it. And I thought that was a good observation. And maybe mail order brides were similar to that. You don't have don't, the same expectations. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, the movie Fiddler on the Roof, but one of the most poignant scenes I thought in there, because uh, uh, this couple was uh, a result of an arranged marriage by their family. And uh, years when the children were uh, growing and about ready to get married, uh, he asked her if she loves him. And and she says, what the heck? I've worked with you and slaved with you these 25 years. You know, what kind of question (laughs) is, do I love you? Well, they did thought, well, perhaps we are in love after all that time. But they didn't know about it. had never even thought of that at at another time. Anyway, that was the movie brought that out, I thought, uh, a poignant time where they don't even know if they're in love. And love isn't part of the thing until later. There was what's love got to do with it. There you go. Orthodox, ultra Orthodox Jewish sex. They still do arrange marriages, and they have strict laws about what the girl can do, what the guy has to do, and um, it's fascinating. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't find I don't I find it frightening actually when I think about those situations. But I know, like in my own family, my great grandmother on my mother's side met my great grandfather in the morning, and they got married in the afternoon. And they had a terrible, terrible marriage from everything that I understood. So I I think that there's there's certainly you know, I, I mean I I can't imagine like. You know, I, I love my parents, but I can't imagine them picking out somebody for me to marry mm-hmm. and it being successful, especially at the ages. I think that people get married such young ages, like 17, 18, 19. It, I mean, it just seems incredible to me to think about yeah. being being in that situation. I guess it can go either way. That, I, many you people know. get married that way, at, you know, and I'm sure some of them turn out really fine. But I think there's something to be said for you know, getting to know somebody. And, and certainly, you know, there's enough divorces, so not everything works out when you get to know people, too. You never really know somebody until you've married to them and That's lived with true. them. For a I, I agree That's with you. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's true, definitely true. true. Yeah. This is Jenny. Um, I think uh, arranged marriages in some areas of the Orient or Asia are still going on. What made this particularly unusual, I mean, the mail-order bride situation was that if you're in an arranged marriage, you're probably within a family that will keep an eye on your husband and you and see that things are going well. That's true. And yeah. whereas this in this mail order bride situation, and I think this was not uncommon uh, for Sophie, you know, they were driven by the circumstances of where they came from, and there wasn't a you know 
a family context, you know, to see that things were going to go okay. So she was really taking a very brave and desperate step, you know. Yes, yes, that's true. Did you, um, were you surprised when Kat said to Sophie that she wanted to, you know, to go home and, and stop visiting Candace? Were you surprised at that moment or? Because it seemed like she really wanted to to see her and she missed her. But then she sort of, I thought, got a little tired. I mean, she's obviously a young, young child. So you have to factor that in. But I was a little surprised at that moment in the story. Well, she didn't really know her mother. Yeah. Right. I, was, I wasn't surprised. I think no. she knew her mother and loved her mother. But when she saw the reality of what was, what, who her mother was, and it's not a cold thing, but it was just, it was so sad that she wanted to go back to a, a life that was happier with her little sister and, you know. And love. Right. Yeah. And even though her mother was trying to make up for it in the past, it, it wasn't so great between them. And Sophie loved that child from the very beginning and she knew it. Yeah, that's true. I, I was happy that there were some good male characters in this story because sometimes you read these oh, books yeah. and I feel like it's just man bashing. Mm-hmm. But here we had Elliot and we had, you know, the deputy. Both were, I thought, really, really fine men. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that. You know, it was it's nice sometimes because sometimes I read these books and the women are so good and the men are so bad. And I'm like, here we had some, you know, I, I liked um, Elliot so much. I thought he was really... Was such a nice man, and I'm glad that it it worked out. I mean, his heart must have been broken when he saw what happened with Belinda that she went off with with Martin. So I'm glad that that worked out. Yeah, he hung in there for her. Elliot did. Yes, waited. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the truth of love. If you love someone, you want them to be happy. And so he was willing to step back and just be there as a safety net and a friend as long as Belinda was happy. But when she wasn't, then he was ready to step in and be her safety net. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's at that time, it wasn't so, like I think nowadays, like a man or a woman might move and relocate and not want to be around the person it might be too painful for them but I don't think people left quite as much then you know they were more settled it was harder to to relocate I don't know that's just a guess but he had his own business too remember women were very limited yeah did not have the social the social support programs (laughs) yeah because if it hadn't been for Sophie Belinda would have been in a real mess mm-hmm. i i can't imagine you know like I, I i've been married a long time i can't imagine like somebody coming to the door and saying oh i'm also married to your husband uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know i know these things happen you know if you watch you know daytime television and whatever there's all kinds of situations like this but it's really pretty amazing to think about you know there was so much drama in the story so many different <laughs> things happened yeah, well, I think well, it was easier a long time ago because she really bought the story that he had to travel as part of his job. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, 
you know, I think that uh, my husband has a cousin. Um, they, their grand, uh, his grandfather was the father of this cousin who found us in England when we took grandfather's ashes back to um, the Liverpool area to be buried um, because he was born and raised there. And he found us through the through the death record because he was tracing his father because his daughter wanted to work in England. And as a descendant, she could get it, you know, a a paper to allow easily because she was born in Canada. And when he went to research his father, he found out that his father had been at least a bigamist at least once. <laughs> If yes. not three times, he wasn't quite sure. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and he, he found us. Here. Like, I think sometimes when people came over from Europe, they left their wife in Europe and then they got married again here. So it wasn't an uncommon thing. But now I think it'd be a lot harder to, you know, with computerized records, I think it's a lot harder to get away with it uh, than, than years ago when there weren't yes. those kind of records. About 40 years ago, when I was working as a librarian, um, in, a, in a very small college outside Philadelphia, our secretary had a, a best friend all her life who married a doctor who was in the service in Virginia, and um, her name was Noreen, the, the wife, and she had a son with this doctor, and they'd been married for a number of years, and Ellen, the secretary, you know, they went back and forth and visited, um, Turned out this doctor had another family in Florida and he killed mm. Noreen. He killed his wife in Virginia. Oh and our secretary got called in as a witness in the murder trial. I mean, it, oh was, it was you know, like, you think this doesn't happen in real life, wow. but it does. Wow. Wow. Did he get convicted? Yeah. And, and the sad part was, um, the secretary's friend, Noreen, um, she and the doctor had a little boy who was only about seven at the time. Oh. Mm. That's got to be really yeah. traumatic for the child. He loses both parents. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What's that common now? Common Miranda Borka comic guy taught Jeep's common microphone. Voice message. Oh, shut up, phone. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I, I'll just mention the um, book for next time. And um, so um, in the past... I, I have taken off July and I thought this year I would do something a little different. And I picked a very short book. Um, my understanding is uh, one of the conventions, I think actually starts on July 1st or July 2nd. And the other convention, I think starts July 5th, if I have it correctly. Um, so I don't know if people are going to be attending or, or what the situation is. So I thought I'd pick a short book. So if you're interested in coming to the meeting, it wouldn't be, you know, too much of a, a burden. Um, this book I, I've, I've read is very, it's similar in style to 84 Charing Cross Road, if people are familiar oh, with that book. that was very yeah. good. Which is, you know, letters back and forth. Um, it's hard to imagine nowadays letters back and forth, but, um, you know, but it's a contemporary story. Um, it's called Love and Saffron. Um, and the author is Kim Fay, F-A-Y, and the DB number is 
1067987698 and i believe the book is 4 hours <laughs> so this is a very short book um and um it's supposed to be a very nice story and um i guess what they call an epistolary novel um so I haven't read it yet, but four hours doesn't scare me. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think I can make it all the way through, whether it's good or bad. Um, yeah. And the me- the meeting is um, July first, which is the the first day of the month, and also the first Friday of the month. And and again, I hope I you know I hope it doesn't. I don't think it conflicts with either convention because I think the activities for the one that starts July 1st, I think they actually start on July 2nd. And I think people are just arriving, you know, if they're going in person on July 1st and maybe they have a, you know, a get together or something like that. Is anybody here planning on going in person to the conventions this year or? I was, but I'm going to guide dog school instead. <laughs> oh, oh, when, when are you, when are you leaving for that? I do. I leave. Um, June 20th and I return home on the 7th so it depends upon whether we're having lectures or whatever you know whether I can come but um, oh yeah no of course I mean it's very important what you're doing so that's so you're there for how many days is like 17 17 days days. because I've had previous dogs from that school Mm -hmm. so they know me, they just need to keep me long enough to make sure that the bond is starting to form and the dog yeah. is looking to me rather than its trainer. Right. That's true. Oh, good. Well, anyway, I, I hope you all can come um, July 1st. And um, I also know that's July 4th weekend. So I don't know if that's, you know, a conflict for anybody as well. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to have the meeting then. And um, I think what I might do this year, I was thinking about it is instead of taking, I usually take off one month a year, instead of taking off July, I think I may take off January instead um, because I always find January a really mm-hmm. difficult time to have the meeting. <laughs> so it's very early in the month and it's always like a very crazy time. So I was thinking this year I would I would do that instead, um, and then of course in August we're going to have Alan is going to is going to be the guest host. So not that Alan doesn't have enough to do with all the lists that he moderates and all the accessible world stuff. So it's very nice of him to to uh, to agree to be a guest host in. Uh, What's going on in August? We're going to be reading um, a Catherine Center book, um, which is called. Um, how to walk away. Thank you. How to walk away. Yeah, I, I really like Catherine Center. Alan really likes Catherine Center. And I was thinking I of reading too. another book. Oh, good. And we, we have read her before. Um, but yeah. I, I know Alan had thought about doing it for his group. And I thought, well, since he's interested in reading the book, <laughs> I asked him if he'd be willing to host the meeting. And he said that he would do that. So that that's great. Yeah, too. I've read so, one other of hers that I liked a lot, too. Yeah, I really like her books, actually. So um, so for um, July, we have Love and Saf- Saffron. And then in August, we have How to Walk Away. Um, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to doing it. It should be good. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, thank you. I realized afterwards, I said it was really very nervy of me to ask you because you're so busy. You have so many things to do. No, it's not, not nervy at all. I'm looking forward right. to doing it. So. So, what I he likes that. hanging out with all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. He has his harem. 
Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. This is not ever going to get to a harem. Yeah. part of the so, harem, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be a good discussion. So. Well, have a good night, everyone. I'm really right. wiped out, so I'm yeah. going to leave. Good, good luck, luck with you. your guide dog school. Yeah, good luck, Deanna. Yeah. Yeah, Deanna. Sort of a lucky dog waiting oh. for you on your journey. <laughs> so You'll be in my former home state, Deanna. So I hope it be. Yes. I hope the weather will be good for you. And um, I miss New Jersey, but I'm glad I'm not where I was anymore. But New Jersey is a fantastically good state. I loved it when I lived there when I was a kid. And growing up there, it was it was really great. So good luck, Deanna. <laughs> Well, Bye, thank everybody. you, everybody, and I guess we'll we'll all see each other at the history group and at World yes. of Books and all yes. the other groups. So thanks so much. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your weekends, folks. Yes. You too, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye, Faz. Bye-bye.